0: Shock Monkey Radio is entertainment for adults, by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon the sponsors or FXBG Public Radio. For additional information, please refer to the United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. (coughs) Excuse me. Hello and welcome to Shock Monkey Radio. I am your host, the Madman, and I like cheeseburgers and walking around trailer parks with tight white pants and no shirt. As the pants come off, watch out. So, I got a hell of a show for you today. Don't worry. Don't worry. We'll get to all the political stuff the closer we get to the news worth knowing. But to be honest, I haven't been keeping up with the news. I'm just a little burnout on it, to be honest. I bet you are too. So, I've been trying to keep my mind on other things like movies and TV series. So, I'm going to review uh, some of what I've been watching. Uh, But first, I want to remind you that I have a Cash App. And if you have Cash App, you can send me money on Cash App. Use the cash tag shock monkey radio all one word also if you'd like you can go over and become a patron over at patreon.com shock monkey radio all all one word together shock monkey radio and there you can you know become a patron get access to all the video content behind the paywall i would appreciate it thank you so the first thing i'm going to be reviewing Today is Trailer Park Boys. I'm not finished with the series yet, so don't spoil it for me. Um, But is this series really popular? That's interesting. Look, I'm sorry, but Canada and Canadians have always been and will always be super fucking weird. But I don't really get the appeal of this show. I mean, Bubbles is pretty damn cool and hilarious, if not derivative. I like how Julian always has his drink, no matter where he is, and I like how Ricky always messes up idioms. But these are all shtick, Cheap gags that stop being funny after a while. There's far too much dude skin in this show, and far too little female skin. Period. And speaking of being gay, why are there straight women banging bisexual men? That makes no sense. Speaking of not making sense, Law enforcement is intentionally a joke. Even though the boys are frequently going back to jail, they are doing far less time than they should, not to mention being arrested, not being arrested nearly as much as they should. I don't know if it's just Canadian law enforcement or just another shtick. I'm leaning towards the latter. The only way I can make this show interesting is to imagine the boys as broke supervillains and Mr. Leahy and Randy are the busted-ass superheroes assigned assigned to them. But otherwise, not a great show. Trailer Park Boys, 5 out of 13 stars. Couldn't hold my attention. So I'm sorry if you're a big, big fan of Trailer Park Boys, but eh. Eh. But The Chappelle Show is up on Netflix. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Netflix. I forgive you for cuties. I know Comedy Central did not give up the rights to Chappelle's show for cheap because it's so damn good. You know, I forgot that the Clayton Bigsby skit was in the very first episode. Dave came out of the gate being hilarious and controversial. I love it. Even in the early aughts, Dave was showing us that in some contexts, even the N-word can be funny. And all your favorite, favorite segments are there. All your favorite segments. I mentioned Clayton. But you also got your Charlie Murphy true Hollywood stories with Rick James and Prince, Tyrone Biggums, the racial draft, the player haters ball, reparations, plus you got the Black Bush, which is personally my personal favorite sketch. Uh, I got yellow kick right here. Don't drop that shit. <laughs> Love it. Additionally, you get to see uh, Bill Burr with some hair in some segments. He's cast as the white guy. Uh, you can also see a young Rashida Jones for the first time if you didn't watch. Boston public, and who can blame you? Plus, I remember that Dave was still riding high off the success to Half bake which was already a cult classic by the time the Chappelle, Shave, Chappelle show came around. <laughs> Chappelle show came around. Of course, I have to mention that the musical about uh, the mention of the musical acts, most notable of which was Most Deaf, who is an incredibly talented musician and actor. Dave also broke the fourth wall in many ways by talking about stuff that happened behind the scenes and remarked on laughs that they had in the course of production. Plus the end credits featured outtakes and behind-the-scenes stuff which let, us casual view, which let us casual viewers a glimpse into how fun it must have been to work on that show. Because he made fun of everyone relentlessly and effectively, he was bound to ruffle some feathers. Hecklers are nothing new, but now they have the internet. Anyway, re-releasing this series onto the public here in 2020 is very important. To remind us all to chill out. Don't worry so much. And enjoy yourself. It's a celebration, bitches. Chappelle's show, 13 of 13 stars. Chappelle's a hell of a drug. All right, now the next thing I'm going to talk about is a couple of movies I saw recently. A couple of movies. And I don't know, they're, they're kind of indie. And I don't know if you've even seen these. I I don't want to spoil them for you, so if you haven't seen them. But the first movie, first movie I'm going to talk about is In the Shadow of the Moon. It's a 2019 flick I saw on Netflix. So I I watched this film, and it did me the great service of providing a good first act. Good cop tries to stop a time-traveling murderer. Great start. Great start to a film. Now, I don't want to spoil too much in case you haven't seen it, but I'll do my best. The movie plants seeds and develops them to a point where your intrigue in the movie builds and builds, and I remember saying to myself in the second act that if this movie ends well, it's going to receive an epic review from the Madman on Shock Monkey Radio. But although the writers were able to build suspense and intrigue, they totally shit to bed in the third act by alienating half of their audience by making partisanship, partisanship a reason for time travel killing for someone for speech is always a crime even if you claim it would uh, end in a genocidal civil war it's ethically reprehensible people say that they would like to go back in time and kill hitler not go back in time and kill hitler's teachers parents friends priests war buddies etc ethically reprehensible in the shadow of the moon 2019 4 of 13 stars Fucking Canadian filmmakers. All right. So the next film I'm going to review is The Lobster, a 2015 uh, film, an award-winning winning, winning film starring Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz. I don't know why I'm so attracted to Rachel Weisz. Is it, I don't know. It's a symmetry, I think. The big eyes, wide mouth, uh, Mick, Mick Jagger type of mouth, I guess. Anyway. Uh, This movie is a dystopian, takes place in a dystopian kind of world where uh, society places serious laws on human relationships where you have to be with someone. Okay? You're basically forced by the government to be in a relationship or else they turn you into an animal of your choosing. Don't worry or think too hard about the hows and whys of turning people into animals of their choosing because the movie sure doesn't. The movie starts out with middle-aged Colin Farrell being left by his wife and the government comes to take him to a kind of hotel where you have to stay for a limited time in the hopes of finding a mate. At the end of which, you get turned into an animal of your choosing if you don't find a mate. Sounds silly every time I say it, I know. During the day, they live a spa lifestyle, but no masturbating. And they're trying to find a mate, And at night, they hunt single people or loners who apparently live in the woods of Ireland and hard to find. Anyway, the people in this place are desperate to find a mate so they don't get turned into an animal. And without going into too much detail, they go through great lengths to make themselves appear to be a match for a certain mate so they can avoid their animal-changing fate. Even the main character, Colin Farrell, or David in the movie, attempts to make himself appear to be a sociopath in order to mate up with a female sociopath to avoid being turned into an animal. When she kills his dog or his brother, for those who are following along, when she kills his dog, she catches him crying about it and turns him over to the authorities. David, prompt because they weren't a proper match, they weren't both sociopaths. <laughs> David promptly escapes this bizarre situation and runs off to join the loners in the woods where it's a whole other bizarre situation. The loners are totalitarian loners, meaning that having relationships with anyone else is strictly forbidden and punished. They cut up your face for flirting, for example. So David meets, meets uh, Rachel Weisz's character, who is also the narrator of the movie, and they gravitate towards each other being the biggest name stars in the group. Actually, they're both short, short-sighted, or nearsighted, as we say in America. So being a young couple in love, they need to escape both of these horrible societies and endure horrid things to that end. As a single man, this movie depressed the shit out of me. If you are suicidal due to loneliness, do not watch this movie. The Lobster, 2015. 11 of 13 stars. Lonely, sad, and absurd. But at times, tough to follow. You know, every week, every week, I'm like, Dad, did I write enough? And sometimes, and, you know, pretty much every week, I am like, yeah, I think I wrote enough. <laughs> we'll see how this goes. Let's go on this next topic. It's just something I was thinking about. Just something I was thinking about on my own, on my own. Have you ever stopped to think about how many states you have visited? Some people count the continents that they have been to. But I've only been to North America and Europe. And even then, it was like three days in road to Spain and then back home. So I just want to go through and count all the states and commonwealths that I've been to. Now, I was born in Connecticut, and my parents said that they went on a trip with me to Maine when I was a baby. But I don't remember that, so I'm not going to count it. So I've not been to Maine, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, or Rhode Island. However, I do remember Connecticut and upstate New York. Now, now I don't know if I can count Vermont if I was only on the New York side of Lake Champlain, Fort Ticonderoga, been there. Anyway, I've been to Montreal, not a state, I know, just throwing that out there. Um, Pennsylvania counts uh, because we had friends that lived there that we visited. Um, I've been through Jersey more than in it, even though uh, when I was in Jersey, it was Atlantic City. I don't know if that really counts. Um, obviously when working for the government, I've been all over DC, Maryland, Virginia, and West Virginia, uh, friends I have, uh, in North Carolina visited them, uh, plus running South of the border for fireworks is very much like running across the New York border for beer. I, let's see. I family lives in South Carolina that we visited. I lived in Georgia for a while. I was forced to drink Coke and not Pepsi for like five years. It was a nightmare. Uh, I've been all over Florida and, uh, for both the Navy and fun. Disney and all that, you know, Uh, I've never been to Mississippi or Alabama, but I have been to Louisiana. It's like the most marshy of the marsh states. And, uh, that was, that was for world changers, a Christian organization I was with. We went to Shreveport, Louisiana, build houses for the poor. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure at some point I had an, like a 90 minute layover in Dallas. Um, yeah, I, I think, I think it was, I was in the Navy at the time. They're big on belt buckles there. Those people, that's all I really remember. Okay, let's move back move back north. All right, I've been to Ohio. Cedar Point is awesome. Go check out Cedar Point. Uh, been fishing in Michigan. Uh, visited friends in Lexington, Kentucky. Been through Missouri to Leavenworth, Kansas. I don't have to tell you why. It's too damn flat out there. Uh, I've been to Chicago uh, and uh, en route to Gurney, Illinois for boot camp. I've had plenty of day trips down to Chi-Town for dining and theaters and plenty of night trips into Wisconsin for the fully nude strip clubs. So basically, my count is 21 states I have been to. 22 if you count another World Changers trip to Puerto Rico. And I say that's not bad. I've been around. I've noticed regional trends. That's why I can speak in different regional American accents. Because I moved to Virginia with a rat tail. And a Nike Air keychain on my shoe, because I thought that was what, what was cool. Because that was what was cool in Georgia, it would be what was cool in Virginia. Wrong. <laughs> After all, this is a pretty big country, and there are many states that are larger than most European countries. We can enjoy living right across the border from some from something illegal in your state, and no checkpoint to worry about on the return trip. This is a pretty fascinating, fun, and large nation. And I found a way to have fun no matter where I went. This is a pretty damn fine country, if I might be so bold to say. I wet my whistle. Ooh, Ooh. Spilled on my shirt. I got a drinking problem. Let's talk about you people and your premature celebration. You're prematurely celebrating all over the place. It's really, it's, it's embarrassing. It's really embarrassing. It's the premature celebration. Anyway, um, y'all are going to feel pretty silly if and or when Trump wins in the courts. I'm not saying I'm certain about election fraud. I'm not so entrenched in Trump to care. Win or lose, I win. But all you people celebrating just show how complicit you are with the media in trying to perpetuate misinformation. The media does not call an election. The AP and CNN and uh, all the others are not the U.S. government. They are not the U.S. courts. And you might feel a little embarrassed and angry if when Trump wins a second term in the courts and then you're back to spending another four years complaining about yet another stolen election. Contested elections are nothing new. But you, prematurely ce- but you are prematurely celebrating all over the place, it just proves your confirmation bias. You chose to celebrate without the legal process playing out, proving that you don't care or perhaps do not understand our political processes. But no, you immediately ran out to start dancing in the street as close to each other as David Bowie was to Mick Jagger. COVID, be damned. What I'm trying to say is that you all look pretty silly even if it is determined that Biden actually won because you went into the streets to embrace like Lannisters and your president-elect, quote-unquote, is quite pro-mask and believe me, a lot of contact tracing will come back to that moment of poor judgment. Even if Biden is determined to have won through our legal electoral process, you have proven that you are slaves to the media. You believe everything they tell you and you're stupid. I'm sorry, I have to say it. You have proven that you cannot think for yourselves. Perhaps you take news too casually. Perhaps you get too much of your news through by way of social media. Perhaps you don't read enough different news sources. I'm not saying you're a stupid person for being casual about the news. Life gets in the way. You got a job. You got kids. I understand. You can't absorb the news the way a guy who pra- uh, professionally reads and comments upon the news can. I get it. But if you are a casual news absorber, Perhaps you shouldn't get zealous about anything. Don't celebrate a victory any more than you mourn a defeat. But you're dumb. Any excuse to party is a good excuse to party. I don't care. Either way, I win. I don't fear COVID and hell, any excuse to party on an otherwise boring Saturday during lockdown. Why not? So the idea of controversial elections is nothing new. It's nothing new in this country. <clears throat> Excuse me. And so I want to go to the, <laughs> the unbiased source of Wikipedia. Wikipedia, I, all I did was search controversial elections in the United States, and I got this list. And if I'm wrong on any of these or if Wikipedia is wrong, you know, you should correct Wikipedia or me. You can email me at madman at fxbgpr.com if you'd like. Tell me where I'm wrong or where Wikipedia is wrong. But I'm just going to talk about a few of these contestants Contested, well, not necessarily contested, um, controversial elections. In 1792, New York gubernatorial election, the Federalist Party candidate John Jay received more votes than the Democratic Republican Party candidate George Clinton, not from Parliament, different guy, but on technicalities out of votes of Ot- Otsego, Tioga and Clinton counties were disqualified and not canvassed, giving George Clinton a slight majority in the official result. In the 1824 United States presidential election, John Quincy Adams became president after winning a contingent election in the House of Representatives due to the absent absence of a two-thirds majority in the Electoral College. Despite the fact that Andrew Jackson, who had win the 19- 1828 presidential election outright, won a plurality of the popular and electoral votes. Now that's atomic. That's atomic dog. <laughs> See, I'm sitting here reading stuff and EK's just over there thinking of, how do I make a George Clinton joke? (laughs) Anyway, uh, bleeding Kansas election, March uh, 30th, 1855, an election to decide whether Kansas should be a free state or a slave state involving uh, massive immigration to sway the vote and resulted in post-election violence, including a severe beating of a U.S. senator and a congressman. The events it encompasses Directly uh, presage the American Civil War. And this is a up all a part of the Kansas Nebraska Act because both of those states were trying to join the Union, and they people were telling them pick a side. <laughs> it was awful. It was awful. Anyway, eighteen seventy six presidential election, one of the most disputed and controversial elections. We'll come back and talk about this at the end here. Um, it it was between the uh, the Democratic Party candidate Samuel. Samuel J. Tilden, and the Republican Party's Rutherford B. Hayes. It was resolved by the Compromise of 1877, we'll we'll talk about that later, which allowed Hayes to become president in exchange for the end of the Reconstruction era in the South and withdrawal of federal troops stationed in the South after the uh, Civil War. Although it is agreed that Tilden won a majority of the popular vote, the results of the electoral vote continue to be disputed. Now, I just want to point out real quick that if you didn't if you weren't paying attention, the Democratic Party was the Democratic Party of the Racist South. Tilden won at the popular vote. But we got to talk about this more later. But they gave it to B, uh, Hayes. They gave the election to Hayes if he moved all his troops out and this was like the official end of the Reconstruction era in the South. All right. 1888 presidential election: The incumbent president Grover Cleveland Grover Cleveland won a majority of the popular vote, but Benjamin Harrison won the electoral vote, and Cleve- Cleveland was later reelected in the 1892 election. Um, 1948 United States Senate election in Texas: Lyndon B. Johnson won the Democratic primary over Coke R. Stevenson by only 87 votes. However, Johnson was accused of voter fraud in Deval County. As initially it appears that Stevenson had won, but later, but later on, more, more votes were allegedly found for Johnson. Allegedly found for Johnson. See, this is old hat for Democrats. Okay, the two thousand president, presidential election. Now we're getting into <clears throat> people you might have actually uh, no people <laughs> know of. People who might actually have remember. In the 2000 presidential election, after a close election in which the winner was unclear, Republican candidate George W. Bush won Florida by such a slim margin that a recount of the votes was triggered under Florida state law, beginning a series of legal battles between Bush and the Democratic candidate Al Gore and considerable public controversy. After the completion of the machine recount, the Florida Supreme Court ordered manual recount due to continued concerns over the validity of the election. The case was appealed to the Supreme Court, which halted the recount in the Bush versus Gore and Bush versus Palm County canvassing board decisions, allowing Bush to capture the state of Florida by a point zero 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 nine percent margin and win the electoral vote. Two thousand two, we're going to skip the gubernatorials and stuff, uh, and Senate. All right, and as you remember, twenty sixteen. The election was widely characterized as divisive and negative, plagued by scandals of Republican candidate Donald Trump's alleged sexual misconduct and Democratic candidate Hillary Rodham Clinton's alleged improper use of an email server. That's a fairly impartial sentence. Well done. Whoever wrote that for Wikipedia. No, Alleged, yeah, on both sides. No Russian citizen accused of interfering uh, with the election in the form of online influencing from a St. Petersburg-based troll farm, blah, 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 blah. I'm sure you remember all of this. And this was the last presidential election. All right. Now you're turning around and saying it's like, oh, well, this is America's election. They're always free and fair as long as it turns out the way you want it. You know, all of you the day before the election were scared. There's going to be all sorts of Republican voter fraud. We're going to be stuffing the ballots. <laughs> the Republicans are going to be trying to outstuff you outstuffing the ballots. All right. So this kind of thing is not new when it comes to American elections. The media has never declared the winner for certain, all right? They declare a projected winner and their projected winner may be correct. They may, they may, it may actually be Biden who won the election and I don't care. Win or lose, I win because I know that the the conservatives have picked up a bunch in the House and the Senate, okay? So even if it's Biden- who gets, gets elected, he's going to have a lame, du- lame duck session, most likely. So I'm not really worried about that. I can believe that the American public has said, we don't want any more of this Trump bullshit and we don't want any more of this uh, crazy liberal stuff. So they got rid of the crazy leftists in Congress. And if they had to get rid of Trump to get them to calm down, then that's probably a good call. Even though Biden is a puppet and, you know, being run, being run by his wife in the Democratic uh, National Committee, all right? Kamala Harris, God forbid, something happens to Joe and she gets in charge. That woman's insane. That woman's like a supervillain, all right? And it could be that Biden wins. But you got to understand it's that because these, these, all these contests are so close, they are so close, and that's why they're, they need to be counted. When it, when it was the 2000 election, you're talking about just Florida, Florida alone, one state. Now you're talking about like two or three states here in this particular election that are contested, probably Pennsylvania, Georgia and Arizona. That's that's what I'm picking up. Those three states. (laughs) I love I love elections. Elections are so awesome because the 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 founding fathers, they really understood the idea of compartmentalization in in when it comes to like uh, ships. Like when I learned this in the Navy, in in the Navy, if you have a ship and you have all these different compartments and you seal them all off, if you take a hit or you start taking in, taking in water on the ship, that one compartment gets flooded and not the whole ship gets flooded and sinks. And so they have this electoral process that is very much compartmentalized, you know, where every district and every vote matters. And it could come down to that district in the next election. You know, you could say, you could say all the time that, you know, the candidates only visit certain states. And yeah, it's true. There are battleground states that they are, are always going to, but sometimes the election can come down to votes in Georgia, you know, and those votes are, are crucial to the election. So you're talking about several different states where Trump is filing suits, filing suits to seek out his, uh, I, I think it's his right and his duty to follow up on the, uh, uh allegations of election fraud. Absolutely. Nothing new, and especially in such a fractious time as as, as such a character as Donald Trump, as such a character as he, you know, you got to think there's something going on. But I do believe that the American people, I think that what's great about our elections, what's great about the American elections is that the American people could have voted for Biden, all right? Even conservatives could have voted for Biden. We want to get rid of Trump because he's making too many people crazy. They could have voted that way, so we'll put Biden in, but I'll vote Republican the rest of the way down. All right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's your right as an American. And, you know, it's quite rare in elections that you get to choose, like, who you get to vote for line item, line item position. All right? For example, in other countries, um, in some other countries, if you vote for a party, you vote for a party. So in some other, I think it's like Israel? I'm not I'm not sure where you vote for, the, uh, vote for the party. So if you come in to vote, you vote for either Democrat, Republican, or Independent. All right? And that, that means that every candidate of, in, goes to that position. But you could say, for the president, I want a Democrat. I want the Democrat candidate. But for the Senate, I want the Republican candidate. For the House, I want the Republican candidate. For the governor, I want the Republican candidate. Absolutely. Because that's the whole purpose of government, is to keep each other in check. And if Trump, is, if Trump is driving these people crazy so much and you want to just get rid of them to hate you know, maybe calm the waters a little bit, I get it. I totally get it. I mean, even if Trump goes out, I mean, the conservative movement is going and living and thriving, all right? Just go on the internet. Watch some louder with Crowder. <laughs> watch, pay attention to Ben Shapiro, all right? The conservative movement isn't going isn't to die and the fight of the conservatives isn't going to stop all right trump is not the end-all be-all of the conservatives all right thank god thank god i mean believe me i would love to think that for the next four years we're not going to hear trump's nonsense rambling we're going to listen to a different old guy rambling all right i'm fine i'm going to be fine no matter what i don't care i know i predicted it wrong but we'll see we'll see Anyway, it's about that time to get into the news worth knowing. And E.K.'s going to run in and hit the stinger real quick. So let's go into this news worth knowing here. All right. So uh, AOC asked Twitter followers for their dream cabinet for Biden. Names that were floated. Thank you, E.K. Names that were floated by fans include Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders, and Julian Castro. Yeah, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Democrat from New York, is taking suggestions as to who should be in the cabinet of the future Biden administration. Ever since it's been projected that Joe Biden will be the 46th president, there has been fueling speculation as to who will land positions in his administration. Ocasio-Cortez, one of the most iconic progressives on Capitol Hill, appears to have attempted to pull Biden's cabinet uh, to the left by asking her over 10 million followers. (laughs) quote fantasy sports colon presidential admin edition (laughs) who is in your dream cabinet the congresswoman tweeted some names that were floated in the replies including senator elizabeth warren democrat massachusetts as treasury treasury secretary senator uh bernie sanders independent of vermont as labor secretary Jeez Louise. Keith Ellison and Sally Yates as Attorney General. Senator Tammy Duckworth from uh Illinois as Virgin- uh VA Secretary. Ugh. Horrible. And Julian Ca- Julian Castro to return to Obama era post HUD secretary, Harbin- housing and urban development. Andrew Yang was also a favorite. However, <laughs> however many people have also have Many people also specifically requested that Biden not have John Kasich <laughs> as part of his cabinet. Damn. Anyway, so are we talking like all-time dream team cabinet to have? All-time? Well, I, know, I know I'd know. i want John Adams as Secretary of State. Yeah, definitely have him as Secretary of State. I would have Abraham Lincoln as my housing and ur- urban development. Uh, Jefferson Treasury. It, it's like, uh, I'd want to put Jefferson in charge of the coin. It's like, um, it's like in game of Thrones when he came in and they made a master of coin or something like that. it's like, I just want you to stay out of trouble because <laughs> that's the feeling I get from Jefferson is like, I just want you to manage the finances. All right. <laughs> stay out of trouble. All right. <laughs> but you know, I'd have to look, I'd have to think long and hard about like all time best cabinet ever. <laughs> That could be a fun, that could be a fun thing. All right, let's go on to this next news story. Uh, Georgia Republican Party had cast new doubt on election transparency. President Trump has taken a keen interest in the peach state. David, David Schaefer, the chairman of the Georgia Republican Party, took to Twitter Monday to suggest election officials in Fulton County tried to pull a fast one on election night. Schaefer said county election officials told the media and our observers that they were shutting down the tabulation center at the State Farm Arena at 10.30 p.m. on election night, only to continue counting ballots in secret until 1 a.m. He continued, No one disputes the Fulton County election officials falsely announced that they are counting, that the counting of ballots would stop at 10.30 p.m. No one disputes that Fulton County elected officials unlawfully resumed the counting of ballots after our observers left the center. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution reported on Monday that election officials in the state have not found any evidence of wrongdoing. The paper's report said there has been uh, cases of minor issues caused by human error. Richard Barron, the head of Fulton County uh, Elections, told the uh, Journal-Constitution that he, sent, he was, that he sent home just about all his workers at about 10.30 p.m. on election night. The paper said GOP observers thought it was done for the night, but a handful of counters stayed until 1 a.m. along with the state observer to tally the votes. Barron told the paper that the GOP was welcome to observe. Schaefer said media outlets are, outlets are gaslighting you when they claim there is no evidence of irregularities in the election. President Trump has taken a keen interest in the peach state and tapped Representative Duck Collins, Republican of Georgia, who retweeted Schaefer's post to head a recount effort. Collins said he is confident of improperly harvested ballots and other irregularities that will prove Trump won the state. Fulton County on Saturday began rescanning some votes first counted Friday. County officials said that they noticed some ballots had not been counted or scanned properly. County spokes- spokesperson Jessica Corbett said workers are rescanning the batch of ballots in question that would repost the, and they would repost the results later. The paper uh, reported that Senators Kelly Loeffler and David Perdue, who who both faced runoffs that could determine the fate of the Republican Party in the Senate, called on Georgia Secretary uh, of State Brad Raffensperger to resign. The voters of Georgia hired me, this is a quote, the voters of Georgia hired me and the voters will be the ones to fire me, he said. As Secretary, as Secretary of State, I'll continue to fight every day to ensure fair elections in Georgia, that every legal vote counts, that illegal votes don't count. The New York Times reported that Raffensperger uh, appointed a monitor to oversee the county, which the paper said he called one of our longtime problem Democrat-run counties. I, I think, let me double check here, Fulton County, Georgia, I think that's near Atlanta or around Atlanta, yeah. Yeah, it's around Atlanta. Okay. Doesn't surprise me. All the Democrats are in population centers. Anyway, Schaefer and Raffensperger were not, did not immediately respond to the inquiries from Fox News. Uh, the Trump 2020 campaign and the Republican Party Georgia, uh, Georgia Georgia, filed a lawsuit in the state Wednesday alleging that officials in the Democratic-leaning county were about counting ballots for the presidential race that were received after polls closed Tuesday. International observers from the Organization of American States say say they saw no instances of fraud or voting irregularities in the U.S. presidential election, according to the Associated Press. The delegation included 28 experts and observers from 13 counties who observed the election process in Georgia, Iowa, Maryland, Michigan, and the District of Columbia. COVID-19 prevented a border a broader coalition of experts. So, Hey, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a hot mess, but we got to sort through it. You know, and that's <laughs> it's, it's kind of every election, you know, it's, it's easy to sit back on your couch on a, a election night and not, not understand, it. you know, God bless them, all those volunteers that are in there and uh, uh, counting all the votes, r- running them, and running them through the machine and stuff like that. However, If those people are biased and doing something illegal, then uh, that should be found out. And that's why you need observers, and that's why they say observers were there, but we don't know. I mean, it's all got to play out in the courts. That's how how the process works. It's got to play out in the courts. All right, I'm going to have to wet my whistle here again. Anyway, let's talk about uh, the Attorney General. Anyway, Barr authorizes investigation into some substantial allegations of voting irregularities despite scant evidence. I think he's right. I think evidence is going to be tricky. Uh, the order should not indicate that the Department of Justice thinks irregularities affected election outcomes. That's fair and unbalanced position to take. Anyway, Attorney General William Barr on Monday gave federal prosecutors the green light to pursue... Pursue substantial allegations of voter irregularities before the 2020 presidential election is certified next month, even though little evidence of fraud has been put forth. In a, mem- in a memo obtained by Fox News, Barr advised that allegations concerning voter fraud should be handled with great care and that sp- uh, s- a spacious, speculative, fanciful, or far fetched claims should not be a basis for initiating federal inquiries. Barr's actions gave prosecutors the ability to circumvent longstanding Department of Justice policy that normally would prohibit such overt actions before the election is formally certified. He emphasized that his uh, authorizing federal prosecutors to pursue substantial allegations should not indicate that the Department of Justice has concluded that voting irregularities have impacted the outcome of any election. Barr said that the investigations can be conducted if there are clear and credible allegations of irregularities that could uh, affect the outcome of federal election in an individual state. Quote, any investigation of claims of irregularities that, if true, would clearly not impact the outcome of of a federal election in the individual state would normally be deferred until after the election certification process is completed, Barr wrote. A department of justice official told Fox News that no one in the White House including President Trump or any lawmakers has asked Barr for this authorization. Barr's action comes days after Fox News projected that Democrat Joe Biden defeated Trump in the general election. Trump has not conceded. <clears throat> damn it. Trump has not conceded the election and he is instead claiming without evidence that there has been a widespread multi-state conspiracy by Democrats to skew the vote tally in Biden's favor. Biden holds a sizable lead in multiple battleground states and there has been no indication of enough impropriety, counted or illegally cast votes, improperly counted or illegally cast votes that would shift the outcome. Election officials from parties have stated the election went relatively well, despite minor issues like broken uh, broken voting machines and ballots that are either miscast or lost. States have until December 8th to resolve election disputes, including recounts and court contests over the results. The Electoral College meets on December 14th to finalize the outcome. So here's the thing. uh, uh, Bill Barr, he's doing a good job. He's going after it with um, an impartial view. It's like, I'm not assuming that even if there was cheating, that it's going to have any effect on the election. And fair. That's fair to say. All right. However, the investigation should be done. You know, you should find out. We should get to the bottom of that. I I want our elections to be fair and honest. I want that to be true. And And if the true majority of Americans voted Trump out, then out he goes. I'm on board with that. All right? I can understand all of you people who are frustrated with him. I'm frustrated with him, too. I get it. But I want there to be a free and fair election every single time. And if that has to mean it goes to the courts, it goes to the courts. If it means there has to be an investigation, there has to be an investigation. I want there to be a fair fair election every single time. And if we have to stick the attorney general after it, and Barr, I think, is an excellent attorney general. Uh, He's trying to remain impartial in in terms of the law, in terms of what he pursues. But I think this should be checked into. So good call, Attorney General. Now let's pull our heads out of our own asses here in America and talk about militant Islamists who beheaded at least 50 people in Africa, according to reports. The gas-rich Cabo Delgado province has been the site of several attacks carried out since 2017. They're still out there, ladies and gentlemen. At least 50 people have been beheaded by militant Islamists in northern Mozambique, according to multiple reports on Monday. The militants, who are allegedly linked to the Islamic State, conducted a series of attacks on villages in the country in recent days. At least one village saw a football pitch turned into an execution ground where attackers decapitated and chopped off chopped bodies, the BBC reported. Bernardino Rafael, commander general of the Mozambique's police, <clears throat> said during a briefing Monday that attackers abducted women and children and burned down homes Jeez Quote, they burned the houses, then went after the population who fled, t- fled to the woods and started with their macabre actions Rafael said, according to Al Jazeera The gas-rich uh, Cabo Delgado province has been the site of several attacks carried out since 2017, reports said Up to 2,000 people have died during the conflict, while roughly 430,000 have been left homeless in the latest in the latest attack, the gunmen chanted Allahu Akbar, fired shots and set homes ablaze when they raided Nanjiba village on Friday night. Friday night, damn. State o- owned Mozambique News Agency quoted survivors as saying, according to the BBC, a separate group of fighters, yeah, a separate group of fighters attacked Muatilde village, village, sorry if I'm mispronouncing that, where they beheaded more than 50 people, the news agency reported. Mozambique's government has requested international help to stop the insurgency as many people call for peaceful end of the conflict according to the BBC. Last week, at least 40 people fleeing extremist violence in northern Mozambique drowned when their boat sank. You know, people complain about the U.S. getting involved in these foreign conflicts but it's, it's usually to stop stuff like this from happening. I mean, you, as a good person, you kind of want to get involved. I get it. You know, I'm, (laughs) I get it. You want to get involved, but you know, going and meddling in another country's affairs is a very tricky prospect, no matter how you slice it, no matter how you slice it. So, but we need to be aware ISIS and uh, I forget what they're called down there in Mozambique and Somalia. Forget what the, the name of that. Those is Islamic militants, you know. They they shout, "God is great," and then um, kill people. It's uh, it's it's weird. It's weird. All right, two more stories before we are done with the show, and um, I I usually like to pick lighter stories to cover right at the end, so we. You know, leave on a happier note. So quick acting Georgia sheriff, excuse me, Georgia traffic cop saves choking teen. Roswell, quick acting Georgia traffic cop saves choking teen. Roswell officer Matthew Perry was in the right place at the right time, department says. Could you be any more saved? <laughs> His name is Matthew Perry. A motorcycle cop in Georgia saved a teenager from choking to death Wednesday after spotting the boy's frantic mother and stopped to in a his frantic mother stopped in a turn lane. Officer Matthew Perry saw Monica. <laughs> oh, officer Matthew Perry saw Monica Hickman honking her horn and flashing her headlights. The Roswell police department said the dr- quote, the driver is definitely trying to get his attention. Sean Thompson, come on! Couldn't you couldn't it have been like uh, Joey Thompson? <laughs> Sean Thompson, a police spokesman, told Fox News on Friday. Hickman's son, about 14, was choking in the front passenger seat. Police said, Perry pulled the teen out of the vehicle and performed the Heimlich maneuver. The teen resumed breathing a few seconds later. What was he choking on? French fry? Pencil? <laughs> yeah, so he. Uh, right place, right time. Thompson uh, was quoted as saying, sometimes you get lucky like that, whether it's crime or being able to save somebody's life because they're out there for both those reasons, by the way, you may want to say ACAB, but you know, they're out out there for both of those reasons, crime and help save somebody's life. Uh, in a Facebook post, Roswell police praised the officer and urged residents to call 911 whenever they are in need. our 911 operators are very good at walking you through any situation, whether you require medical aid or police services, the department said. Less than a week ago, another officer in Nashville, Tennessee, made headlines for saving a choking nine-month-old during another traffic investigation. Officer Philip Claiborne uh, was responded to a traffic accident at a gas station where the toddler's mother flagged him down, saying her son couldn't breathe. Quote, I knelt down and turned the baby over and kind of palmed, palmed its chest in my hand calip claiborne told wtvf i gave the baby one good smack on his back immediately and the baby started coughing and crying that's exactly how you're supposed to do it with babies <laughs> i remember my cpr training <coughs> yeah so um here's the thing fox news if you start out an article you, you need to find quotes from people that work with the theme if officer matthew perry saw monica hickman the, the You know, you should have Joey Thompson Being the police spokesman There should be There should be a uh, <laughs> Who are the characters from that stupid ass show Friends uh, there, should, there should be a Ross Yeah, a, a cop named Matthew Perry Saved this well, <laughs> Joey Cherbiani. Anyway So that's the point you should, you, should find, you should get quotes from people Who keep it the theme, the friends theme you can even get a Phoebe in there. Even get a Phoebe in there. Okay, last story. <clears throat> uh, Apple Siri had a strange response to the question, how old is the president? Apple's, Siri's voice ass- <laughs> Apple's Siri voice assistant had a strange response to the question, how old is the president? Late Sunday, according to reports. A number of users reported that when they asked Siri the question about the president's age, they were given details for Vice President-elect Kamala Harris. Ask Siri, how old is the president? And she answers, Kamala is 56. (laughs) How'd that happen? Tweeted ABC7 News reporter Dan Noyes. Noyes or Noyes? Because if it's Noyes, that's a badass radio name. Uh, The apparent error, however, was resolved on Monday morning when Fox News asked Siri the same question. The voice assistant provided the correct answer. Donald Trump is 74 years old. Fox News has reached out to Apple with a request for a comment on this story. Uh, Harris uh, made history as the first black woman to be elected vice president. The California senator is also the first person of South Asian descent elected to the vice presidency. Uh, Who cares? Who cares what the race of these people are? Why do you keep covering that? Yep, race is an issue because you make it an issue if you didn't hear EK. Anyway, but I think it's funny that I don't think it was an accident. Okay, I don't think it was an accident that someone said, like, Kamala is 56 when you ask how old the president is. I think there's some Democrat who's playing a joke. A jo- uh, you know, Democrats do have a sense of humor. I have seen it. I have seen it. They do have sense of hu- senses of humor. And so I bet there's somebody playing a joke, and they switched it real quick. As soon as they started making headlines, or somebody somebody mentioned it, <laughs> and they changed it back real quick, because that's how computer nerds are who work on these kinds of things. That's how that's how we are. All right. I don't say I don't necessarily think there's anything malicious about it. It's just it's probably just a prank. And you know what? And yeah, yeah. So, as I said, I like to do two lighthearted news stories right at the very end of the show. And that's where we are right now, is at the very end of the show. I want to remind you to go over to uh, patreon.com slash shockmonkeyradio, become a patron. There you can get access to all of our video content behind the paywall. I would appreciate it. Three bucks a month, very cheap. I would appreciate it. Or if you want to send me the cash through Cash App, uh, use the hashtag ShockMonkeyRadio, all one word. Um, otherwise, if you can't give me your financial support, I would like you to give, uh, give me some support by sharing videos. I have a YouTube channel. Search for uh, ShockMonkeyRadio on YouTube or on BitChute. And uh, if you f- find a video that you like, share it with your friends. Tell people about this podcast. Tell them to listen to this podcast. That's a way you can help me grow uh, without actually giving me money, you cheapskate bastards. Anyway, this has been ShockMonkeyRadio. I'm the madman, and I love you.